Lord, again, we thank you uh, for this wonderful day, this day that we celebrate that you have come to be with us, uh, that you didn't leave us in our, in our mess. You didn't leave us hopeless. Um, you, you didn't leave us without a way back to you. We're so grateful for that. So we thank you for that on this Christmas morning. And we pray as Chrissy uh, opens your word for us this morning that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts uh, to hear what you have to say to us through Chrissy this morning. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Chrissy. Good morning, friends. I am so glad you made it here this morning. I love seeing your faces. And if we're not seeing you here in person, thank you for joining us online. That is just as important and sometimes more so. Sometimes we need a little extra rest, don't we? Um, While we were listening to uh, Mr. Bill and Ms. Jean give our Advent wreath, reading this morning. I was thinking about my favorite names of God, and there are a lot of them. (laughs) But Emmanuel has always been my absolute favorite. Um, There's actually a little Christmas card on my board in my office that I've had for ages, and I'm not sure which one of you lovely humans gave it to me, but somebody did. It wasn't signed, but it, it is a picture of very pregnant Mary, and it says, Emmanuel, a birth 4,000 years and nine months in the making. (laughs) And I leave it up year-round because it makes me laugh and smile and remember that God had a plan, even 4,000 years before Jesus was born, plus that nine extra months to finish baking. And since then, it's been another 2,000 years, give or take a couple of hundred. And... I think that is pretty amazing that we still gather to celebrate something that was in the making since before time began. Um, Today, we get to celebrate the thing that we've been preparing for and waiting for for the last, well, for some of you, 364 days. Um, I'm not really that kind of person, but at least for the last four weeks. And um, when I find myself reflecting on how much preparation and anticipation of the season, it wants to spill over in thankfulness. So I I would love if you would join me again in prayer, but in a different way that we do with the kids. And we call it a YTO prayer, which means nothing, um, except that those are the shapes our bodies make. If you want to stand, you're welcome, or you can do this from sitting. It works just as well. And we pray um, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But As we uh, do each of the actions, I'm going to give you a direction of something you can say out loud that you are thankful for. So the first one, this is where the why comes in. We reach up and we look up, and this reminds us of God the Father who created everything. And either with your voice, loud or soft, or the voice in your head, uh, Father, we thank you for something you created. Thank you for... Ice and snow. (laughs) Okay, on the count of three, you can thank God, the Father, for your thing. One, two, three. Beautiful. I heard none of that and all of it at the same time. 
And then we're going to, and be careful, don't hit your neighbor. We're going to stretch our arms way out and look out. This is the T, which isn't actually a T. It doesn't stand for anything. Don't think too hard. Um, The T reminds us of Jesus and his great love for us. And on the count of three, I want you to thank Jesus for loving you even when. And this isn't out loud or in your head if you're not that brave, and that's okay. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, for loving us even when we're in a bad mood. One, two, three. Yes! And the last one, here's the O. Wrap yourself in a big hug. (laughs) Because this reminds us of the Holy Spirit and how he is always with us. And never leaves us, even when we're on the bottom of the ocean or at the top of the highest mountain. And so this time on three, we're going to say or think a place where we are thankful the Holy Spirit is always with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us in this building. One, two, three. It's beautiful to think of God in his three unique persons, especially when we cut to Advent and we spend so much time focusing on the person of Jesus, who is important too, of course, just as much as the Father and the Holy Spirit. So thank you for joining me in that. Advent um, wasn't, well, it's not really in here. The way we celebrate it is, but Advent as a season was created by the church. Because a lot of people, um, they needed time to function, right? Not all of us. Some of us, doesn't matter what day or time it is, we're doing our own thing. And that's all right. But time is usually thought of in a line, right? Timelines. We learn them in school. And the church knew that time was how we measured our days. And time, when it's in a line is a little bit different. Right now, this is the newest part. It's at the very beginning. But as time stretches on, this part is getting older and older and older. And it feels as though time is going to go on forever. But eventually, it comes to an end. And the church knew we needed some help. And so they took the ending that was the newest and the beginning that was the oldest, and they tied it together so that we had a circle. Imagine it's a circle. I know right now it's a blob, but it's a circle. Like that one. That one. There we go. (laughs) And in that circle, it gave us a beginning that was always tied to an ending and an ending that always led to a new beginning And inside that circle, there were three great times that the church would celebrate. Christmas, Easter, I don't know if I'm pointing the right direction, I'm not, Easter, and Pentecost. And those three great times are so great that the church knew we needed a chance to prepare for them. So in that beautiful circle, there were preparing times. Advent prepares us for Christmas, Lent prepares us for Easter, and Eastertide, which is a fun word to say, prepares us for Pentecost.
And in between, there is a whole lot of waiting. But we know that after that waiting, we will come back around to Advent and Christmas, to Lent and Easter, to Eastertide and Pentecost, and around and around we go, practicing getting ready for big, beautiful things. And today, Advent is over. Today is our day of celebration. We have written all the Christmas cards or just totally not done that at all. Uh, Or made a post on Facebook that kind of counts. We have sang most of our favorite songs, maybe here, maybe elsewhere. We have bought our gifts and wrapped them, maybe unwrapped them too. We have eaten all the chocolates out of our calendar, maybe one day at a time or maybe not. We have gotten the chance to light every candle and reflect on every part of our Advent story. And in here through the month of December, the grown-ups were reading through Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which gave us a way to meditate on four of the jobs and names of Jesus. And it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And the verse goes on, and it gets even more exciting from there. But in Grace Kids, we have chosen a different four words to meditate on. And these are four that you have probably heard before. Our first word was hope. We talked about the star and how it represented hope. People had been waiting a long time. Not quite as long as we have been waiting for some things. But God's chosen people were waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for the promised Savior. They didn't know when it was going to happen. They did know where. They did not know how. And they did not know what his face would look like yet. But they had hope. And I don't mean hope like a wish. I hope it doesn't snow today was my my wish this morning. I'm sorry. I know some of you disagree. But more like an expectation. A radical, vibrant expectation, a knowledge that this will come because God keeps his promises every single time. Not a wish, but an expectation. And our hope has a name, and its name is Jesus. Then we talked about the manger, the food trough that a little baby somehow was warm and fell asleep in, Wrapped warmly as best he could, a piece of shalom, where when Jesus came, nothing missing and nothing was broken about him. He was fully God, wrapped as a little tiny human child who cried and needed his diapers changed and was hungry, but was still all the power and wonder of the God who created the universe. Then we talked about love with a heart, because you cannot talk about Christmas without God's wild, deep, magnificent love. And finally, before we get to Christmas, we get to joy, because 
There is, even on the hardest days, and I know Christmas can be one of them for some of us, even on the hardest days, Jesus as our joy gives us a deep well of gladness that goes beyond everything else. And when we put all four of these words together, it's just Jesus. Maybe not just. It's awesomely Jesus. And we know that Jesus is our hope, and Jesus is our peace, and Jesus is our joy. And the reason we have him is because of God's great love and sacrifice and the beauty of that. It's absurd, really, to think of God coming and being in a little baby, human child, And Mary, an inexperienced mother sitting there and holding him, understanding exactly what was going on. And it tells us in John chapter 1, verse 14, not quite there yet, almost. This one doesn't have a slide. The word became a human being, and he made his home with us. We have seen his glory It is the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, and the word is full of grace and truth. And it started as a baby, which means that even though Jesus started tiny in his mother's arms, he had to grow. (laughs) He was a toddler boy, like our little sea of toddler boys over here, (laughs) except maybe a little less mischievous. Um, He was a young child with eyes wide open to learn everything about the world he'd created. And he was an older child, and he was a preteen. And he was a middle schooler and a high schooler, and he had to do all of this growing that the book of Luke tells us he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He had to do all of that. Because even though he was still fully God, he was an infant, And had to become. And as he grew, he made friends. And he went to parties. And he went to weddings. And he was uh, there with the people he loved. And soon he gathered a group of his friends. Sometimes we call them the disciples. Sometimes we call them his students, his friends, his companions. And they traveled and they spoke God's word. And they did all these amazing things. But it couldn't last because Jesus was still wrapped in a human body. And it gets hard. And this is where we come to John 14. And I wanted to read you this, because Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be there forever and ever. Not like this. And his, he needed to reassure his disciples, because they wanted to know what happens next. And so John 14 says to us, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me also. There are many rooms in my father's house. And if this were not true, would, would I have told you that I'm going there? Would I have told you that I would prepare a place for you there? If I go and do that, I will come back. And I will take you with me. Then you will also be where I am. You know the place where I am going. 
And I imagine this is where the disciples stared at Jesus and blinked a few times. But then, as always, one of them said something. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. And it goes on explaining that same thing in different words a few times to the disciples, and we're going to pick back up with them a little bit further down in verse something, 25. (laughs) In verse 25, and it says, I have spoken all these things while I'm still with you. But the Father will send a friend in my name to help you. And that friend, remember, is the Holy Spirit. And he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything I have said to you. I leave my peace to you or with you. And I give my peace to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So a summary of the good news. Jesus came, just as God had promised. 4,000 years in the making and hundreds of years in the waiting. And he came as a baby, unexpectedly. And then he died and he rose again. And that's not where the story ends, although sometimes we think it does. The good news is that he is going to come again. He told us so. And like God's chosen people right now, whether or not we feel it, we are waiting again. Not for Christmas Day. That's today. (laughs) We are waiting again for Jesus' return. Advent and Christmas are like a dress rehearsal. I've been to a lot of them. My degree is in theater. (laughs) And a dress rehearsal, you do all the things but it's not quite time yet. You practice. And if you get something wrong, it's, you can practice again. So we practice Advent and Christmas because Jesus is coming again. This is not the end. We can celebrate today because we have more to celebrate later. And we celebrate already with the knowing of who Jesus is. The Israelites didn't get that. They didn't get to know exactly who he is and what he was doing, but we do. We know he is our hope, and we know he is our peace and our joy, and we know it's all because of God's great, incomprehensible love for us. Do you know what we get to look forward to? I hope you do. It sounds pretty amazing. And if you don't, Let's look together in the book of Revelation so that you can hear it. In verse 21, or not verse, chapter, Revelation chapter 21, the vision that they get is not something new. It's also talked about in the book of Isaiah and in the Psalms. And it says this, I, that's John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were completely gone. 
There is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, and it was coming down out of heaven from God. And it was prepared like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne, and it said, Look, God now makes his home with his people. He will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Again, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, and there will be no more sadness, and there will be no more crying or pain. Things are no longer the way they used to be. God's coming back again. And he is going to set up his home right here with us. All of him. The Holy Spirit is here helping us now, but the day is coming where we get to celebrate God's arrival of living here, but better, with us. One of the things I often tell my Grace kids is, if you hear nothing else, wake up, ears on. If you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. We can celebrate today in all its joy and hope and peace and love and hardness because the day is coming when God is going to come back, make everything the way it was supposed to be, and live with us again. And I think that's pretty good news. I can't wait for the day that I get to see Jesus face to face, just like his friends did, and welcome him back home. And this time I get to be there and not just read about it in a book. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that we have a hope that is beyond my vocabulary. That is an assurance because you keep your promises. And through all the good days and all the hard days, you are there and you have made a promise to come back and make everything new and take away the things that make our lives difficult. Thank you that you love us so much that we can't even understand the fullness of it. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.